For you that don't know me, and I know there's some in here that may not, uh, my name is Pastor Greg, and I lead the Band of Brothers. Amen. On Tuesday from 11 to 12. And if you're working second shift, if you're retired, that would be a real good thing to come to. It really would be. And uh, But I'm just really glad to be here today and uh, just want the Lord to have his way. And I won't be real long, but uh, you know how it is. I say that. And I'm kind of like uh, our pastor, Pastor Aaron, says he's almost done, or he is done, and then he gets done 15 minutes later. Uh, I'm not that way. When I say I'm done, I'm done. But uh, anyway, I've got a couple jokes. You know, I always lead off with a couple jokes, and then there, there's a couple people that I'd like to recognize as well. Uh, a Minneapolis couple decided to go to Florida to thaw out during a particularly bad winter and uh, let me move this over I like to be in the middle and uh, fact is that they had uh, I think something like 28 days that were, were below zero there and so they planned to stay at the same hotel where they spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier because of their hectic schedules both of them worked it was difficult for the couple to coordinate their travel plans so the husband left Minnesota and flew to Florida on Thursday while his wife planned to fly down the following day. The husband checked into the hotel. There was a computer in his room, so he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left one letter out of her email address and sent the email without realizing his error. Meanwhile, somewhere in Houston, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a Pentecostal minister who was called home to glory following a heart attack. The widow decided to check her email and expecting condolences message from her family and friends, but after reading her first email, she screamed and she fainted. The widow's son rushed into the room, found his mother on the floor, and saw the computer screen which read, To my loving wife, subject, I just arrived today. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now, and you're allowed to send emails to your loved ones. Since I've just arrived, I thought I would send you an email. Everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you then. Hope your journey is uneventful as mine was. Then down at the bottom, you put P.S. It sure is hot down here. I just got a couple more small ones. I think that uh, Charlotte, who's uh, the Miami County Administrator, she'd say these are a little bit better than what I do on Thursdays. I do one-liners on Thursday at our commissioner's meeting. Uh, the preacher's Sunday sermon was, Forgive Your Enemies. Towards the end of the service, he asked the congregation, How many of you have forgiven your enemies? About half held up their hands. Then he repeated the question, and as it was already past lunchtime, this time 80% of the congregation held up their hands. Then he repeated his question again, all 
responded except one small elderly lady. And the pastor says, Mrs. Jones, are you not willing to forgive your enemies? I don't have any, she replied, smiling very sweetly. Mrs. Jones, that's very unusual. How old are you? I'm 93, she replied. Oh, Mrs. Jones, what a blessing and a lesson to us all. Would you please come down in front of this congregation and tell us how a person can live 93 years and not have an enemy in the world? The little sweetheart of a lady tottered down the aisle, faced the congregation, and said, I outlived the old hags. Last one's real, real simple here. And I got this from uh, Bob Lewis this week. The first computer can be traced back to Adam and Eve. It was an apple with an extremely limited memory, just one bite. Then everything crashed. <laughs> I'd like to take this time uh, to honor somebody here in the church and uh, recognize them. I'd like. Uh, uh, Mike Heathcock, Heathcock to stand right now, if he would. I want everybody to recognize him. You don't even know what you're clapping for yet. We're going to ask him to stay standing. Uh, he recently retired from the Air Force. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel. Fact is, he was up for full bird colonel, and he had over 20 years of service. And uh, I just want to thank him for his service. I want to thank him, and God's getting ready to do something new for him. Amen. And uh, so uh, he's going to be doing something new, and, and God's going to bless him. But, uh, and him and his wife and, and his son, they're such a blessing here in this church. And we're so glad that, uh, that they're a part of us. Amen. Also want to recognize my sister. Uh, she's come today uh, from Piqua, and uh, I know she goes to another church more regularly, but if I'm preaching, she's here. And so I, I she's my much older sister, by the way. <laughs> no, actually, we was in high school at the same time, so, but uh, uh, I really appreciate her, love her, and uh, she's she was great. We was uh, one of the fortunate ones to grow up in a home that was clear full of love. It really was. And, and it, it saddens my heart to know so many people that don't have parents that love them, don't have parents that cared for them. Uh, I don't know what that's like because uh, I didn't grow up that way, and uh, neither did she. And we was very, very privileged and an honor. My father was a pastor. And fact is, Pastor Aaron is a third-generation pastor, and uh, I just want to recognize that. Also want to give honor to the ministers of this church. A lot of, uh, I, I feel like, and this is the truth, I feel like I'm in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Uh, when I'm in, in, I'm compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. These guys are really, really good, and gals. And... Uh, I, I know that we have some that's uh, very, very well educated, have been to seminaries, uh, uh, speak Hebrew, translate Hebrew, and uh, uh, that's something I don't do. And uh, we've had, we, we have two of them that get up here and preach that have been missionaries overseas. And uh, just 
Bible scholars. And uh, I, I consider it a privilege and an honor to be in a church that has that. And, uh, and also uh, want to recognize Pastor Aaron and Nicole. Uh, what great people. And, uh, and I, I'll tell you what, he's got the heart of this church. He really does. And he loves it. And uh, so I'm, I'm privileged and honored to be able to serve under, under him. And so just wanted to recognize that. Also wanted to recognize our mission here at the church. Worship, grow, go. Uh, worship, just love God. You know, that's all you have to do is love God. Uh, love yourself and you're, you'll begin to grow. That's the vision of this church. And uh, go and love your neighbors just like what was said up here. We're going to love the school. We're going to love the school system here. And I think that's just really, really, really great. And uh, so uh, just wanted to say that. I want, want you to turn with me, you that's got your Bibles, to Isaiah 43, verse 18 and part of 19. And it reads like this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Everybody say, doing a new thing. And that's going to be the title of our message today. I didn't even have a title till this morning and been working on this for quite a while. And then I just tossed it all out and started doing something a, a little bit different. But doing something new. I never like to get up and preach without my wife saying a prayer over me. I've been very privileged and honored uh, to have my first wife died. She prayed for me all the time. And I was able to find another wife that prays for me all the time, every day, every day. And I appreciate that. And I'm going to ask her to ask the blessing over the Word of God today. Father, we come to you right now and we ask the Holy Spirit to come and join us. We know you're already here because you're in every, all of us, Lord, but we extend our hearts and we want the more, Lord. We do want to grow. We, we worship and love you so much. And Lord, we want the more of you. We want to grow. We want to we want to do well for you. We want to be effectual. So Lord, I lift up my husband to you, Lord. And I know that even he's been in the pastorate for many, many years, Lord, he still is humble to know that he has to rely on you to give him that word, that new word. And Lord, um, and, I, and I thank you that he's open to you and he listens to you. And so, God, I pray that you direct and guide him and that the message that he has for the congregation today will equip them and build them and fill them, Lord. We ask for your anointing. We ask for your great outpouring as, as your people are sitting in the pews, Lord, um, the hurting, the happy, the joyful. Lord God, that, that your angels will come and minister to them as he's preaching. We ask, Lord God, that you bring healing. We ask, Lord God, that you bring anointing. We ask, Lord God, that you open eyes. We ask, Lord God, that you send the enemy out and all distractions out in Jesus' name. And we just give you the glory and the honor. Lord, we love you so much. Amen. Thank you, honey. 
It says here, forget the former things. You know what? Uh, a lot of us that are older, maybe I'd like to say maybe not so old, but as mature, uh, older mature people, uh, we're connected to the old way a lot of times. And uh, we're, the old way is our routines. It's our comfort zones. And uh, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I go home from work. I have a favorite chair. And I sit in that favorite chair. And fact is, it's got a little button on the side, and it raises up. My legs is off the floor, and uh, I like that. And if somebody's sitting in that chair when I get home, they move. That's my chair. We have favorite things. And uh, maybe you have a favorite restaurant, a favorite TV show. And a lot of times when you get to be my age, which is up in the 70s now, uh, you get a little resistant to new things. Oh, the old way's fine. The old way's just as good. And uh, so that's what we think. And a lot of times we get left behind. Uh, I've got grandchildren that haven't even reached the age of 10 yet that know more about a computer than I do. Amen. They do. Uh, why? Because I'm a little resistant. Fact is, if I didn't have a, a clerk in our office at work that comes in and goes, there you go, uh, I, I don't even know what I would do. Uh, but thank God for her. And uh, so, but we get, we, we get a little resistant. But there's something that got a hold of me this week and last week, and it's like a fire in my belly. I don't want to be resistant. I want something new. I, and, and if you look at the Hebrew word new, and uh, I'll just really kind of dummy it down a little bit, it just means fresh. I don't know about you, I like fresh things. I like things that's good, things that's new. Uh, when it comes to, I go to a restaurant and I order a salad, I don't want an old wilted salad. I want a fresh salad. And so we need to have something fresh, something new. And uh, it's a theme for life, really, when you really stop and think about it. And uh, what about your marriage? Do you want to fresh, freshen up that marriage? Do you want something new? Uh, uh, I don't know about you. Uh, it would be good. Amen. What about your home? Uh, do you just want to, is there things that you want to do? Everybody's always remodeling planting flowers, planting a garden, doing different things, uh, the job, the church. Uh, we need something new. New is used 131 times in the Bible. Do you think that's pretty significant? I do. And so I begin to study this out, and I begin to think about it, and I begin to say to myself, Greg, you got to change. I remember when I, when I married Patty, and uh, uh, the kids had a little meeting with her, and said, he's mean, he's loud, you don't know what you're getting into. And I remember her saying, he can change. Oh no, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I believe that was one of the sayings that was said. I may even said it myself to her. You can't tell me what to do. I'm an old dog. But you know what, this old dog learned some new tricks, Amen. Learn some new things. Learn to be kind. Learn to be considerate. Uh, learn to be not as loud. 
I might get a little loud today because I got a fire in my belly today. So uh, uh, that doesn't count. Amen. It really doesn't. But if you in Revelations 21 and 5, it says this. And uh, I, I love this scripture. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And uh, he said, write it down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said, I'm making everything new. You know what? God enjoys a fresh start. There's some people in here today that you need to make a new commitment. Everybody say new. You need to make a new commitment to God. God's saying, I want to do something new. Uh, I want something fresh. Uh, I want a fresh start. Uh, I want a new beginning. Uh, I'll tell you what, Peter denied Christ. Uh, in fact, as he's warming himself by the fire, and they said, you was with him. Uh, oh, me? No, I wasn't with him. And then, no, you was with him. No, not me. You got me confused with somebody else. Uh, somebody else said it, and then all of a sudden, Peter cursed. Amen. But I'll tell you what, he's glad. Peter's glad that God said, I'm going to give you a fresh start. Amen. Amen. And so on the day of Pentecost, in the second chapter of Acts, uh, Peter stands up uh, and he says, These are not drunken as you suppose. Amen. This is what was promised by the prophet Joel. I don't know about you, but I like the promises in the Bible. I like the promises in the Bible, and I like what God has given me. I remember one night coming home after midnight, and I was in the Navy, and I was just home on leave for a very short time, and I pulled into the driveway, and I had been supposedly to this people's house to play pool and eat pizza. But we never played one game of pool. We did eat a little pizza, but all they did was want to pray and read the Bible. And I was kind of uh, told that it was a different thing. We're just going to go play some games. We got a big pool table. It'll be fun. And uh, I thought, no, I'll try it. You know, that's not my thing, but I'll try it. And then all of a sudden, they started praying. There was something that got a hold of me, something new, Brother Kirk got a hold of me something new got a hold of me there and I began to pray and I began to want God like I've never wanted God in my life and uh, I wasn't saved yet and uh, I just really wanted God and so I, I drove home from Troy to Piqua where my mother and father lived and I pulled into the driveway and God spoke to me almost in an audible voice uh, saying wake your father up have him lay hands on you and pray over you I've got something for you I've got something new for you uh, and I'll tell you what God uh, hallelujah knew what he was doing and then right when I got out of the car my foot stepped down uh, on that uh, cement driveway and all of a sudden uh, the devil spoke and said hey it's Saturday night you can get this tomorrow at church Sunday morning and then there was something almost got a hold of me that took that away then all of a sudden I remembered that what that was what God said. I said, devil, you're a liar. You know what you need to do today? 
Some of you that's got a little doubt in your mind. Some of you that need something from God and, and, and you, something's holding you back. You just need to say, devil, you're a liar. You're the father of lies. Hallelujah. And that's what I did. And I remember going up the stairs and once again the devil talked to me, but I didn't even listen. I just ignored him completely. And I knocked on my dad's bedroom door. They were both asleep. And I said, Dad, God told me to have you lay hands on me. Pray over me. And he goes, oh, what? You know, he was sleeping. My mom, she was pretty quick. She, she got awake real quick. And uh, I wasn't the best kid, I guess, at that time. And uh, she said, Dorsey, that was my dad's name, Dorsey. Dorsey, get up and get down there and pray for him right away before he changes his mind. I wasn't going to change my mind. My dad got up. My mom got up. They came down. I was in the, in, in the dining room, uh, and I remember standing there, and my dad reached out, and I had my eyes open. He reached out to touch my head, uh, and before he could even lay hands on my head, uh, I fell to the floor. I began to speak in another language. Uh, I was filled with the power in the, uh, of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. It's okay. You can call Holy Spirit if you want to, uh, but I'll tell you what I got that night night I got the Holy Ghost <laughs> and every time I tried to get up I fall back down I did that for one hour one hour and I'll never forget that and I'm never ever going to forget that and I ask God every now and then God re let me refresh me refresh that feeling that I had amen and that's what we need to do we need to have a fresh start. Amen. And uh, it's not wrong to look at the past. It really isn't. Uh, fact is, uh, Larry Heigel's back here. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says when you're plowing a field, you shouldn't look back. What happens? That You're not plowing in a straight line. Now, he's plowed fields. He comes from a farming family. And what you do, you look on and you just keep going on and you get that straight line. Amen. You really do. You get that straight line. Don't look back because you're not going to be fit for the kingdom if you keep looking back. What you got to do is start looking forward. Let him do things in your life that you've never seen before. Is there something new that can really happen that I've not seen before? I guarantee you that it is. I guarantee you that it can happen. Amen. Uh, he'll do things in your life that you've never seen. Uh, what you need to do is step out on faith and say, I'm going to take something new today. You know what happens? We give an altar call. And we get four or five. Sometimes it gets real interesting. There's seven or eight people come up and get prayed for. I want you to look around. Look how many people's in here. People up in the balcony. Uh, people that's here. You know what? You shouldn't be ashamed to come to the altar. Uh, many times here in this church, when they've preached, I've been one of the first ones at the altar. Well, Pastor Greg, you're the church founder. You're this. You're that. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. But a man that needs more of God in my life. And if they're having an altar call and say, if you want more of God, I'm up here. 
Amen. Because that's what we all need. Amen. We really do. And uh, I think you just need to step out on faith. Uh, I remember uh, reading in the Bible, I think it's the 21st chapter of John, and uh, these fishermen are fishing. I mean, they're fishing hard. They fished all night long. And uh, it's Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, John. They're out in a boat. And Jesus is on the shore. He's already risen from that grave. And Jesus is on the shore, and he says, Men, what have you caught? And they said, We've caught nothing. These are fishermen. These are guys that's done it. And he says, Throw your nets on the right side of the boat. Now, I'm going to tell you that if you have any kind of skill at all and you've done things time after time maybe you work in a factory and you run a drill press and you know what you're doing and somebody comes over and says no that's not the way to do it you got to do it this way now I know John here he would get upset he's a foreman somebody says hey you're not doing that right John do it this way well this is the way I've always done it do it this way but you don't understand I've been doing this for quite a few years do it this way you know what we need to be? We need to be open and say, God, use me. Whatever it takes, Lord. If you want me to fish on the other side of the boat, I'll fish on the other side of the boat. And so these men, it, the Bible doesn't say that they argued amongst themselves, though I kind of feel like maybe one or two of them said, hey, who's this guy telling us to throw on the other side of the boat? They threw their nets on that side of the boat and the Bible says you know and, and you don't have to believe me just turn to John 21 and 6 and you can read it but uh, uh, they threw their nets on the other side of the boat and all of a sudden it said there's so much fish in the nets they couldn't even haul the nets into the boat and he said Did you catch anything they, could, they had so many that they, they, were, they were pretty close to the shoreline, so they came in, and I think it was Peter that jumped out of the boat and began to drag that net up to the shore. And there was many, many, many fish in there. And Jesus built a fire and said, let's eat. <laughs> let's eat. I'm telling you what, you may think that it's impossible. You may think that what you're going through in life right now is impossible. You may think uh, uh, what you, what the problems that you're having, uh, that there's just no answers to it. Uh, but it's time to listen to what he's got to say and maybe throw your net on the other side. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know, but uh, uh, in Joshua 3 and 4, they're crossing the Jordan River. And Joshua says, Now men... You haven't been this way before. Now you're talking about 40 years, same thing, same direction, same circle. Oh, I've seen that tree. I've seen this rock. I've seen that. Oh, do you remember uh, when uh, uh, he carved his name on that rock a little bit, scratched it out? Uh, it's still there. This is our eighth year, and it's still there. Ninth year, it's still there. Thirtieth year, it's still there. 
But one day, Joshua says, we're going to step out on some new ground. I'm challenging you today to reach out and step on new ground. Step out on some new ground. See something different in your life. Let God begin to move and work. You know what? I'm not just going to come and worship the Lord and, and, and know that I'm given to Him and that's enough. Uh, I'm going to come today and I'm going to let God give back to me. We've already given to God during worship and what a wonderful worship service it was. I felt God in my heart. I really did. I felt God moving throughout this congregation. But now it's time to come and see what God's got for you. Some new thing. Some new thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe that once they begin to walk and go on that new ground, God give them some new things. And God give them a ground. And God give them a land. And God give each of them something. Amen. In the book of Esther, the fourth chapter, about the 15th verse, they're getting ready some of the rulers of the land, not the king, but the rulers of the land are plotting a way to get rid of all the Jews in the land that day. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, said, you know, if this goes through, we're all done for. It's over. We have nothing left. And she said, he says, I need you to go talk to the king about this. And she said, I can't. I can't talk to the king about it because the reason I can't is it's against the law. And you have to remember, back in the Old Testament, these kings, they had a law, and that was it. And if you crossed that line, you was dead. And so he said, I, I, I know I'm asking you to do something that might cost your life, but you got to do it. And Esther said, you can read it in the Bible. She said, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to see the king. I'm telling you what, she was stepping out on new ground. She was doing a new thing. She was going against the law for her people. And because she did that, a whole nation was saved. I want you to think about that. A lot of times it isn't just you coming to this altar and saying doing a new thing. It isn't you coming to this altar. What about that child that needs to be at the altar? What about that family that's part of your family that isn't serving God? Stand in their place. Amen. I'm standing in place of my family. I'm going to see God work and move and do all kinds of things. Amen. There's something about that. Amen. I don't know, but she saved a nation. I got a couple of scriptures wrote down. I'm just going to read part of it uh, in, in part. And uh, John 13:34 says that he's going to give us a new commandment. 2 Corinthians 5:17 says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature." Old things passed away, behold, all things become new. Amen. Isaiah 62 and 2, we will be called by a new name. Mm. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be called. Hallelujah. Isaiah 42 and 10, sing to the Lord a new song. Amen. It's a little, little hard for me sometimes. It was hard for me, and, and maybe my sister will remember this, but we used to sing out of a songbook. It was called Pentecostal Praises. Fact is, uh, I believe I can even name some of the songs. Page number one. Page number one. This world is not my home. That was the title of the song. I, I remember from years, year after year after year after year, we'd pick up those songbooks. And so when somebody said, hey, we, we, we don't even need the songbooks, well, collect them, and, and they're up there, in the, up there someplace stacked up. I'm thinking, how can we do that? But you know what? God says sing a new song. He said, it's okay. Put away Pentecostal praises. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen. I believe that's how it went. Or maybe uh, page 29. I'm not sure, but I think was, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. And uh, I could just go on and on and on, but I'm not going to. But I'm just saying that he says, sing a new song. And you guys do such a great job. I, I, I mean, it's unreal to me. Let's give them a hand. Amen. It, it is something else. And God's pleased because you can feel it. You can feel it in the sanctuary. You can feel it in, in yourself. And it encompasses you. Amen. And I think it's great. And uh, there's something about something new. And I know I've preached on this before. But there was a man in the book of Judges. And uh, uh, I, I, I just remember, I, I think it's three... I'm almost positive it's it's Judges 3.31. Or I could be off a scripture or two there, but uh, I remember it. And it's, and it's one of the judges. And uh, there's just one scripture about this judge. And, it, and what it says is, Shamgar killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Now, an ox goad is nothing more than a, than a stick, big stick with a point on the end that you can kind of goad the ox along with a little bit. And one day, and what happened was, these were farmers. They had a plot of ground. They had some wheat. They had some corn. And uh, the Philistines would wait till it was almost harvest time and come in and take their harvest. And they would just sit by idly and watch it because they couldn't, they couldn't stop them. They had a great vast army. They were stronger, more, and they couldn't do anything about it. But one day, Shamgar says, you know what? I'm going to do something new. And he grabbed his ox goad, and he goes down to the cornfield, and he said, you're not getting my corn today. And there might have been 20, 30 Philistines, and they said, well, who's going to stop us? He said, me. And they said, well, we're going to go tell our captain. The captain went back and told the lieutenant colonel. Anyway, there are 600 of them. 
and I can kind of imagine him twirling that big old stick around and knocking this one down, knocking that one down, stabbing this one, stabbing that one. And when it was all over, he got a bushel basket, picked a bushel basket full of corn and, and went up and said, we're going to eat, eat today, honey. Hallelujah. And she said, what happened? Well, there's 600 dead Philistines down in our field, and we still got our corn. I'm telling you what, somebody ought to get excited. Somebody ought to say, I'm going to step out on some new ground. I'm going to do something new, something different. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'll call up the musicians at this time in closing. In Matthew chapter 4. And this is so exciting to me. It really is. Jesus is calling his disciples. And Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew were casting their net into the sea. And Jesus just simply said, follow me. Do you know what they did? They were used to getting up every morning going fishing. And they would catch fish. They would go to the fish market and sell them. That's how they made their living. When Jesus come by and said, follow me, the Bible said they left their nets. They didn't even bother pulling their nets out. They just left them. They left them and followed Jesus. Immediately they left their nets and followed the Lord. Now we have another couple. Jesus is still walking along the shoreline. And another couple, James and John, the son of Zebedee, they're fishing with their dad. They're fishing with Zebedee. It's dad and the two boys, and they're out fishing. And Jesus said, follow me. And they left Zebedee, they left their dad, and they left the boat, and they followed after Jesus. As we stand right now. How many of you are willing to do something new? Something different? Maybe you haven't been to this altar in quite a while. Maybe it's something that you need. And, and we've got people that will pray with you if you want. Or if you just want to come and pray yourself, you can do that. But I'd ask the prayer warriors to come too. Are you willing just to leave everything down and say, Lord, I need a closer walk. God, I need something new in my life. I need something down in my heart. I don't want to beg. I just want to offer. If you need that, would you come right now? Don't even hesitate. Just come right now and say, I want a closer walk with God. I want more. Everybody say more. I want more. I want more. I want to feel the fire in my belly. I want more. Give me something new. Hallelujah to God. Come on. God's got it for you. God will reach down and touch you. Put that in your belly. Hallelujah. Beautiful ashes. Yes, Lord. Joy for my 